This is Southern Tier Close-Up on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton, and WNBF.com. White, and this is the Southern Tier Close-Up, a weekly public affairs presentation of this station. And we are going to be talking to the god of everything Southern Tier Sports, Roger Neal. How are you doing today, Roger? Hey, Kat. Good morning. I'm, I'm doing very well. How about you? Isn't this really kind of weird? It's, did you ever think that you would be uh, called on to be a guest on the public affairs show? I, I, I did not. There were times I wasn't sure I'd make it to be able to be a guest. But, but no, I, I never never even uh, crossed my mind that would happen. Well, the thing is, um, it occurred to me that with everything that's been going on pandemic-wise, both pre- and post-pandemic, there's always been issues about the importance especially of youth sports, let alone um, you know, professional sports. Sure. But uh, you've obviously had your, your finger on the pulse of – um, youth, you know, student athletes and the academics and the value of sports. Really, I think a lot of this has come to the forefront with the advent of everything being canceled back in 2020. Uh, what do you, what is your take on what has been the impact of that kind of hiatus from the normal schedule and the routine of sports in Public schools. Let's start there. You know, I think um, I think there's been a, a lot of impact in various ways. First of all, you've got to tip your hat to the people involved with the healthy part of it. Obviously, that's that's the key. Um, but along with that, you know, the the adapting of coaches to try to have some kind of a program for athletes, and yet at the same time adhere to whatever the restrictions may be at that particular day, uh, week, month. Uh, we all know that you know different restrictions uh, could pop up. I won't say daily, but certainly rapidly, leaving little time to adjust. It, it's very difficult. I, I certainly felt badly for the senior athletes in in uh, school and high school who either had their seasons totally wiped out or altered in some way because there's a lot at stake. You know, not just the pride and the, and the enjoyment of competing and being with teammates and fellowship and learning positive values and that type of thing. But the other part is and some of these kids, even if they were not scholarship material, by that I mean Division Two or Division One athletes, they still had a lot riding on particular seasons. And so that was a, a complicated part of it because if they didn't play or in, in football's case perhaps, you know, move back to the spring schedule, there could have been some kids who were in line to be able to get into a school because of their extracurricular activities, i.e. football, um, that didn't get that, that chance or didn't get that look that could have gotten them to where they, they wanted to go. So those are some of the implications. Obviously the bottom line is the healthy part of it. And I know trainers, athletic trainers, uh, anybody connected with the health and well-being of their, their athletes, uh, and the whole program, for that matter, really were tested to the absolute limit. And I don't mean tested as in COVID, but I mean just the wherewithal to keep everything going with the restrictions that were needed. You know, in, in a lot of cases, practices, if they were held, had to be with masks, which can alter things a whole lot. So there's just a whole lot of ramifications of it. Um, and it, it's been a very difficult time for everybody involved, no doubt. Well, a part of that is the coaches and the administ- school administrators and the parents and even the student-athletes themselves having to weigh that how much are we pushing to try to get these sports in because we want to have the sports as opposed to weighing the risk factor. Are we going too fast? Are we too... Uh, concerned about getting the game played as opposed to 
you know, let's throw away the mask and, and, and throw caution to the wind. There was that whole balancing thing is how much are we really overreacting? How much are we underreacting? And the importance of that sports just to have it happen. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and um, that's a very, very fine line to try to walk, uh, you know, because uh, unfortunately, even though hopefully things are, are continuing to get at least a little better, uh, there are going to be restrictions of some kind, probably, at least concerns, for quite a while. So this is, is going to be lingering, hopefully not as bad as it was, you know, to prevent seasons from happening or delays in seasons. But, but sure, um, it's, been, it's been very difficult to have to try to, to deal with all that. And you want the student-athletes to get a chance to participate because, again, you're not going to go back and, and make up that senior year when you're 26, probably, you know, unless you really had a bad academic time. But you know what I mean. Uh, you can't go back and do that. You can go back and pick up a job or go on and get, uh, you know, a college degree or whatever at a later stage, but competing in athletics pretty much has a shelf life, um, certainly in, in the high schools and, and the competitive part of their, their teen years. So uh, very difficult. You want to provide that. You want to provide um, some reason basically for being – I mean, if you're a coach, you don't just want to sit there and you know, um, you know, uh, continually worry about what can you do to give the the kids some kind of a season. Um, you can't go forward, so it it, it has been very difficult. Uh, I think they've done a, a very good job in the balancing act that they have uh, have done, but there's no doubt that it's been extremely difficult, and you know, nobody wants to see their son or daughter lose time in, in a sport or a, uh, not just a sport, but an activity that they love. So that's very hard. On the same token, you've got coaches who, you know, love to do what they do and they can't coach or couldn't at times because of the restrictions. So they, they made the best of it virtually, uh, you know, across the board. But uh, we never saw anything quite like this and hopefully never will again. Well, the thing also is the coaches and teachers and even business people and government leaders and even people that are experts, the health people, were put in a situation and they're still in the situations. We don't know what this dumb thing is going to do next. This has been such an unpredictable thing. And while it is real easy to vilify uh, a government leader or a a health uh, expert for saying, well, it's it's going to be uh, Halloween as normal. Well, no, wait a minute. Let's pedal it back. No, no, you can't see your now you can see your relatives. It's because this thing is something that we've never seen before. Well, you know, and and compound that with. Uh, say a um, a trainer or a coach um, trying to make sure that if somebody has been diagnosed with COVID, that they then are ready, uh, in spite or despite of the medical testing that shows that, that they're over it, the lingering effects of it seem to differ virtually case by case. And so my my question always has been, you know, even though you follow the uh, protocols that have been set out as far as somebody's diagnosed, they have X numbers of days that they're supposedly or potentially contagious. Then, if they have had effects from it, because sometimes people test positive and have little effects, mm-hmm. we know that, but there are also ones who have been severely uh, hit by it. And so, just for an example, put yourself into a situation where you've got a, a Division One athlete 
or a professional athlete at the absolute top of what they do, finally conditioned in the prime of life and with the best medical staffs in the world watching over them, how do you know as a coach if a person comes back off that and is working trying to get back to play, how, how do you really know how far you can push them? There could be player X who says, I, I'm exhausted after 20 minutes or, or a half hour of activity. There could be somebody else that isn't even breathing hard. They picked up exactly where they left off you know, a month before. So that had to be, and, and still has to be, extremely difficult. I know the trainers do superb jobs in conjunction with the medical uh, people on staff. But at the same time, you know, as a coach, it's got to be a huge challenge to know if, again, that player is just simply not giving 100% or he doesn't have 100% to give. So how, how far do you push, push people in the recovery? I've talked to people, and I'm sure you have, who a year and a half after contracting it still don't feel right, still are short of breath mm-hmm. or whatever, and the, the effects seemingly just don't go away. Others, as we've, we've talked about, you know, have um, apparently gotten over it rather quickly and, and almost unscathed. So everybody's different, and, and it is extremely hard to just label, you know, okay, if you've had this, you're going to be sidelined or you can't do activities for two or three weeks. Maybe that's the case. Maybe not. Who determines that? You know, you can have people do all kinds of studies, blood work, all that stuff. But in the end, if you really feel tired, you're the only one that really knows how tired you are. You can't have a doctor or a medical person say, well, gee, you look tired. Yeah, I am tired. Why? I don't know that. So um, that, that's, that's still an ongoing problem. They do a great job in, you know, in ascertaining what people can do. But again, with the effects being different for virtually everybody who's involved in, in some way with, uh, with the disease, um, it's, it's got to be really, really hard to determine when somebody is back to 100% to actually compete again. Just absolutely one size does not fit all in this case. No. Uh, recently talked to the director, the new director of the Discovery Center of the Southern Tier, and we were talking about obviously very early childhood uh, impacts, and she was saying that it is going to be very much several years down the road before the overall impact of this whole thing, the whole experience, is uh, is seen in the younger kids. I'm thinking about the whole camaraderie, the social development, um, the the people skills, the um, diplomacy that is learned in team sports that couldn't happen for such a long time, and who knows, down the road might also be sidelined. What the overall impact on the personality, the development of even the older kids, the teenager kids, or even the college kids, with this team interruptus, if you would, for this whole thing, what that has to do, you know, they had social media, but it's still not the same thing. Well, yeah, sure, and and, uh, look at, just for example, the college experience, um, you know, many campuses had restrictions of all kinds, whether it was, um, you know, distance learning, uh, non-on-site learning in classes, or limited uh, amounts of time, whatever it might be, those also varied across across the country. Um, some not affected, others very much affected. 
So the point is that um, that it, that it certainly is a big impact. You you know, if you're talking about say just again to zero in on the college atmosphere, the college experience. Um, even if we're talking now about athletes and training and that type of thing, there's a whole other part of it too: the socialization. Uh, you know, being able to to just hang out with your friends or classmates, or walk down um, you know the sidewalk between classes and and say hey about that quiz. What did you think of this or what? But just the camaraderie of that. And, and again. Those years, as many of us have experienced, um, you know, uh, were certainly key in many ways, lasting friendships, friendships of a lifetime, um, better uh, social skills, you name it. But, you know, I guess one person said to me, now, are are these kids really getting the college experience? Because if you don't ever have to go on campus and you studied only online, you were not involved in any campus activities, to me you're losing out on a huge part of the, the college experience. And, and again, as I said at the outset, you know, a lot of these things, I'm not saying all of them, but a lot of things, you know, you're not going to go back at 28 or 30 and make up. Right. By then you're hopefully locked into the work world. Um, but my, my point is you're probably not going to be going back, only in rare cases where people maybe are going to get a graduate degree or whatever. But for the most part, you know, people at 26, 28, you're not going to go back and play college football or um, play basketball or whatever it might be. And you're also not going to go back and take an entire year out of whatever, your family or work, to be on a college campus and go through all that. And even if you did, if you're 28, you're probably going to be, you know, in a little different situation than somebody who's 19. Yeah, so, a little bit of a mindset um, difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, all kinds of things. So, um, you know, that, that again, even though you're getting in theory, the same education, you're still, in in many cases, getting kind of cheated out of the real total college experience. Well, we've only got about 45 seconds left. I wanted to talk about how great it was to get back to uh, recognition for the Hall of Fame and all the stuff that's going on that's kind of back to normal and people can appreciate all the rich sports heritage that we have here in the Southern Tier. We are extremely fortunate and... um, Every day I'm thankful to be in this area, a rich tradition of high school sports, uh, Binghamton University, um, SUNY Broom Athletics, you know, all these things that go on. We are incredibly lucky, and of course pro hockey, uh, basketball, all these things happening. So we're, we're extremely lucky, and, and hopefully things continue to improve as we journey down the road and try to, to find out more and hopefully uh, continue to battle back against COVID. Thank you very much, Roger Neal, the king of everything sports in the Southern Tier. Thank you. My pleasure. <laughs> this My has pleasure. been the Southern Tier Close-Up, a weekly public affairs presentation of this station. This program was recorded, recorded for broadcast at this time. I'm Kathy White for the Southern Tier Close-Up. Following insurance agency.